This episode of Baby Talk, as all episodes of Baby Talk so far, brought to you by our good friends at Gainesway. From top international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainesway has put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, it's currently making its mark on the track, led by Caraconti's rising star, Spenderella, who I think we'll see next in the Del Mar Oaks. Maybe today's guest will have some insight into that. Make sure you check out the entire roster for 2022 and see for yourself the power, passion, and performance of Gainesway. Peter Thomas Fornital here, back with you from the Little House on the East Side for this edition of Baby Talk. Very happy to be joined, as I was on our Saturday segment for this special Sunday show from Gainesway, Ben Gowans. Ben, how are things? Very well, Pete. We're uh, we're in Saratoga. It's a beautiful day. Um, big weekend of uh, racing ahead. What could be better? It's it's the good stuff. Was I right in my speculation about uh, Spenderella? We thinking we thinking Del Mar Oaks next, or is it up in the air? That is the plan. Yeah, that is the plan. A week from today, the, the Del Mar Oaks, uh, big great one for Spenderella. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she can get it done. Have you clapped eyes on her? Have you spent much time around her since she she made the trip? You know, I always say it's overrated, this idea that the Ascot trip takes something out of horses. I think there's as many examples of horses who thrive after international travel as ones who who, who level off. But uh, I, I'm just curious to get your perspective. Yeah, no, I I, um, I have not seen her since she came back. I've not made a trip to Fair Hill, um, but did spend quite a bit of time around her when she was um, at the um, Keeneland April meet. And then um, did did spend some time around her um, at the uh, during the Fitting Tip Antimonium sale. I made a few trips to Fair Hill and, and made a few trips to, to Graham's Barn there. And uh, you know what they say about the good fillies? Uh, <laughs> they have some fire in them. And I was uh, went to pet uh, our friend Spenderell, and she got a nice little chunk out of me. So uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is uh, that is often what makes uh, the fillies good. And, uh, she she's she's not uh, too too bad by any means, but she uh, she she will let you know uh, to, to to be careful. A little bit of a toot. She means a lot to me. I mean, I've been a fan the whole time. But if you'll remember the way the the Ascot meet was going for the Americans, you know, I'm on TV there giving a view on the American runners, and and you know, I didn't love all the. Uh, the 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 runners the first few days, but there were some notable there were some notable disappointments early <laughs> on, and and you know how they get over there they yeah. they, they like to, you know they like to to take give you a stick uh, give you a hard time um, when you're when the American horses aren't doing well, but no nobody was nobody was really uh, making negative comments about American runners after uh, after Spenderella's no she so, she ran a a, a real real incredible race. I mean, she could have given it up there, you know, at the, the furlong marker when those horses, she was obviously in second by that point, but when the horses came to her, she could have, she could have kind of started to back up even further, but she fought hard and fought all the way to the line and, and held on for second. She, she ran a, a terrific race over there. Before we get into these races, we're going to talk about, I think, uh, at least three races on this show, including a couple maiden special weights from Saratoga. And then we've also got the best pal out at Del Mar on Sunday. I want to recap a little bit the success Gainesway had this week at the, the, the phasing Tipton sale here in Saratoga. Um, it looked like a very, that second night, especially seemed like a really big night. What were the high points from a Gainesway point of view? Yeah, it was another really successful sale for us. Um, I know, you know, the the phase of Tipton Saratoga sale means a lot to Gainesway. It means a lot to our general manager uh, Brian Graves, and and to see uh, to see uh, a year of hard work um, 
pay off with uh, selling another sales topper, uh, the Gunrunner Colt out of uh, grade one, uh, winner Heavenly Love, who was um, Colt bred and owned by uh, the Oxleys, uh, Colt had sold for $2.3 million um, to Peter Brandt's White Birch Farm and the the, the uh, Magner uh, Coolmore team. Um, it was pretty cool. I, I was fortunate enough to be in the ring when, when he sold, and um, obviously uh, any sort of sales topper is a exciting thing to see but the way that horse stood in the ring um was was pretty special um i noticed that yeah you, you know when you're in when these horses come in the sales pavilion oftentimes they can get pretty worked up and and lose their cool a little bit he never turned a hair i mean he did not move it was it was pretty cool to see him he behave that way and for him to top the sale of 2.3 million dollars he ended up selling three uh million dollar horses in one night um uh, which is pretty freaking cool um and um so it was a great sale we had we sold um we, we our average was seven hundred thirty-two thousand. so uh, it doesn't get much better than that tremendous that's so funny that you mentioned that because it was i don't remember which hip it was but there was one right around the the topper and the thing goes in there i mean isn't i like going to end up being a wonderful horse i'm sure yeah. but the body language was like you know the thing looked afraid and making all kinds of racket yeah. and this and that and then it hadn't quite figured it out yet and then that gun runner walks in is like having presence yeah. <laughs> um and yeah it was just it was just such a notable contrast it's interesting there's just my own personal knowledge and ignorance is that the kind of thing when they're when they're bidding during when they're in the heat of battle like that, is that the kind of thing that might make you raise your hand a few extra times as a, as a buyer or does it really, does it really matter? Or is it the kind of thing that's just yeah, kind of fun it, to talk about? Yeah. I mean, so like most buyers will, um, will sort of scout out a horse as they're in the back ring to make sure they're behaving well, you know, make sure they're not, uh, on their hind feet or, uh, acting a fool. But, um, as far as when they, yeah, you, you do pay attention in, uh, to them in the, in the actual sales ring, but you're also trying to, um, sort of measure where you're, uh, competition is where pe- other people are bidding. So there's a lot going on in that, you know, very short span of, of when a horse goes to, goes to the ring. It's so wild. I, I love the I love the atmosphere, and especially this year, that second night of the sales, the weather had just broken. It was such a robust group, and I just felt like the vibes were the vibes were really good. It's just sort of a you know, and and, yeah. and I mean, I'm a total yeah. outsider, really, um, maybe a little bit of an informed one, but being able to, to see some of the players mid bid is exciting. I yeah. really, no, I really I mean, enjoy. Phasing Tipton has done a great job with the sale, um, and it shows in the results. And to have 14 horses sell for a million dollars when, you know, uh, probably you know five ten years ago you'd have two or three. It's it's a real testament to that phasing team, and uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be uh, another. Strong event next year. They only keep uh, getting better. They do a good job, and ho- I hopefully I hope that it uh, pretends well for our friends at Keeneland and the big sale upcoming there in in September. Uh, we'll be doing some work on the network, helping promote that one, which will be a lot of fun. Let's dive into these races, though, my friend, and we'll start off as we did yesterday on the East Coast. Race number two on Sunday. We've got two year old fillies going a mile and a sixteenth on the inner and a full field of ten signed on where shall we begin with this one it's a good question pete uh, <laughs> um yeah there's a lot going on here um yeah look it's a lot of first-time starters um as you expect in these these two-year-old main races i think we i will start um by talking about the pair of chad brown fillies because usually you know chad holds a very strong hand in these races 
Uh, these these two don't stand out for me. You have an intermission Philly debuting mile sixteenth on the turf, um, with just average works there on the inside. Root cause, um, I think. To be honest, the other Philly, the, the homebred for Alpha Delta Stables, uh, the Quality Road Philly uh, number seven. Um, she she looks more alive to me, judging by her works. But I'm not sure either needs to be uh, a short price winner. What what did you see? Consolante, the seven that you mentioned, the first thing that popped to my eye is just the female side of the pedigree. Right. I mean, when you have a dam that's got six winners from six starters, and I like the fact that four of those six were on the turf. So it just makes all the sense here um, to be starting out in, in this spot. I, I really I really like that. Um, whereas with the Into Mischief, um, it, I, the female side looks pretty strong too. Three winners from three starters, but... I don't know when you mentioned the combination of the works and the, and the spotting for this one. I wasn't as I just wasn't quite as enthusiastic. It's interesting, David Aragona, who is usually incredible at grading these things, looking at workouts and whatnot, does have root cause a little bit lower than Consolante. Mm-hmm. But uh, Consolante is the one that, especially if the sixth, if you really were to get you know six to one, even four or five to one for a little bit of indication of liveness. Um, I think it's. I think it'd be interesting. This is another one of those angles that we talked about, though, the, the other day with uh, Irad Ortiz had been working Consolante and uh, and and does not uh, does not show up here, but shows up on root cause. Right. So <laughs> there's there's more questions than yeah, answers. And, uh, as far as yeah, Chad the, Brown pair goes. Exactly. Exactly. There's a Chad's uh, employing quite a few riders these days, so it's uh, you know oftentimes when you see maybe. I rather Flavian um, end up on a horse. You'd think that's first call, but um, I mean, it's it's tricky to say here. It can be it can be confusing, and it did make me inclined to maybe try to find something outside of the brown pair. I hate to say that the the brown horses are overbet. On one hand, it sounds so logical. He does so well, and he catches money just because of his name. How can that not be overbet when you run stats? They still perform incredibly well, even by a measure like ROI right. compared to many of the of the competitors. But this is a spot where, you know, if we can find something clever, if we can find something outside of the top of the market, I, I'd certainly be willing to take a little bit of a chance. Any ideas as far as that goes? Yeah. An angle that I like to, to follow sometimes is when a, uh, when a horse gets bet first amount on dirt, shows a little bit of speed. Um, and then it runs on turf and it's second start when it, especially when it has a bit of turf pedigree, that's something that uh, I've noticed really works. Um, and, and I'm speaking of forever Dixie, um, Mr. Oxley's, uh, quality road Philly from our Cassie. Um, that was a pretty live main race as we've seen. Um, Naughty gal came back to win the Adirondack last week and, and she chased Naughty gal around there, showed some, some speed early on and, and just faded a bit late. She's a quality road Philly. She's, she's bred to stretch out. Um, there is a bit of, uh, pedigree in the dam side that the the um her dam what was the winner of the, the prince of wales actually against the colts but she also was third in the queen's plate um grade three winner on synthetic um stakes winner on turf so there's a bit of uh turf pedigree on the bottom side as well and um it's so important to to get some forward position in these um these races on the inner and i think she'll be forward and, and she's one that interested me i think that's a good idea i ended up looking at beautiful navigator, the two runner in this spot, and just a combination of uh, of things here between pedigree angles, but also trainer angles. McPeak, one of these guys who has had a lot of success in these two year old route races uh, on the turf at Saratoga, something uh, 
just had a bunch of winners over the last few years. I mean, the stats aren't overwhelming. I think right. it's like five for forty-eight, but you do get a positive ROI. They don't always they don't always catch money. I don't think that's that. I don't think the fact of McPeak's success going long on the turf with two-year-olds is something that's fully made its way into the into the market. And this is the other angle we talked about. Um, Saez turning up here seems like an interesting uh, seems like an interesting angle as well. Do, do you give her any count? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm, especially when we were talking yesterday about you know we just talked a bit earlier about jockey bookings and to see Saez end up ends up here um, that has to you know catch your eye and. And uh, I know Kenny went over and, and bought quite a few fillies um, last year uh, at these uh, European yearling sales. And um, trainer intent, like we were talking about yesterday, for her, for him to send her here, he must think she's okay. So I think it's maybe a bit of a you know see see how the windows uh, back her and go from there. Yeah, the dams dropped four winners from four starters, so that's that. That checks that box, and that's that's another one of those angles. I feel like the market just doesn't cotton to at all. You know, I don't think I think they're more much more likely to look at just who the damn sire is than to than to look at who the damn's progeny are. And I think that's a that's some trouble that people uh, that people get into. And then expert eye. um, I'm curious to see how how I don't I don't have a whole lot of data on expert eye, but Mm -hmm. uh, seems like a live chance to to be um, having a, a an interesting Saratoga winner here in the in the second race. Any other notes on this one, or should we uh, move it on down the line? Uh, one more for, uh, I'll mention is the six. She's just a nice girl. We're seeing the justifies run a bit now, and this is a filly out of a Galileo mare. If you watch some of her workouts, she's a very very big filly, but a, a good moving uh, turfy type moving filly that maybe not first time out, but wouldn't be surprised if she she's there or thereabouts. Very interesting uh, cross. We yes. might be seeing a lot of with this one with the the justify out of the out of the Galileo dam. Presumably, w- one of the reasons justify ended up with uh, w- with the with the Coolmore operation is the, the idea that they've got eighteen thousand justify um, dams and they're they're looking for looking for the right the way to bring the most out of them. I, do you, I mean. I feel like I'm just being master of the obvious saying that, but there's somebody in the business. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, obviously um, it doesn't, doesn't get any better than, than the Coolmore team. And um, they have uh, quite a few mares that they can, uh, especially we're seeing his first crop. Now they, they see quite a few mares that they can and cross him with, and they can, they can see physicals as the horse uh, through wheeling, yearling two-year-old stages and then see on the racetrack and, and see what works. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what, you know, just by ultimately crosses best with, but he's got a very um, robust pedigree that that should cross with with just about anything. It's amazing, you know. We're betters, and we go to the window, and you you make your bet, and you 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 wait two minutes, and you see what happens in the breeding business. You make your bet, and it can be years before you get any sense if it was a good one or a bad one. Yep. Is that fair to say? No, that is absolutely true. Um, there, is, it takes a lot of patience to be a success, successful owner. Let's move on to race number six. We're, we're still with Phillies, uh, two-year-old maidens going six furlongs on the dirt this time. And again, un- following the trend of yesterday, another big full field as we get really into the heart, what seems like the heart of the two-year-old season here at Saratoga. Very exciting uh, as, a, as a fan and also can be opportunities as a better. Anything leap out at you in race six? Uh, it's another dartboard. Um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some few a few tips in here. Uh, it has that feel of type of race where there's probably some well meant 
Phillies. Um, there's two I, I would talk about just to sort of get the conversation started. Um, the number four uh, uppercase uh, American Pharaoh Philly for Larry Beth's uh, OXO equine. She's a Gainesway weanling sales graduate. Um, you don't expect Bill to necessarily crank them up uh, first in outdoor sprinting, but just watching her works, um, she looks to have a world of talent. Um, she's a really pretty moving Philly who, um, in some of her works, and that work uh, two back on July 30th, she sat behind a workmate, took a bunch of dirt, and just easily outworked a very expensive uh, two-year-old colt from the mark, from the mop barn. So uh, expect her to, to run well first time out. Another filly, um, we were speaking of into mischief yesterday, and uh, we can get, never get enough into mischief. Um, number six, twin mischief, a homebred from Mike Rutherford. Um, watching her works, she looks fast. And... Um, you know, Steve brings her up here to debut up here. Um, would, would be interesting to see what, what price she is on the board, but um, would expect her to be quick out of there and wouldn't be surprised if she stays around late. What do we make of chocolate gelato in this spot? Had that fastest horse in the world buzz Absolutely. back on the race for, for July 14th and, and didn't run um, horribly, but certainly didn't run to expectations either. Just look to look to, you know, essentially just lack a little bit of a finish when the when the real running came. Gets an extra half a furlong here, has worked since. Do you think we'll see a little bit more what the, what the hype was about with Chocolate Gelato in this spot? Yeah, it's a tough one, Pete, because, you know, this is the type of filly you're supposed to expect to win first time out when she goes off at, you know, one to two. Um, and, and you would expect her to to, to win and in, in a, what was probably a weaker race. I know that the fig came back, um, came back decent, but, um, man, she was, she was okay, but she, she did not, um, you know, she, she by no means warranted betting back next time at a short price. So from a gambling standpoint, I would probably want to take a shot against her, especially if she's a short price, but you're not gonna be surprised if she wins, you know, maybe in a multi-race sequence, you do have to use her a bit defensively. I think that makes sense. Uppercase was one that was very much on my radar. I, I think you're right about chocolate gelato. It's just hard for me to to take one off. It, it'd be a little uncharitable to describe it as a no-finish trip, but th- that's kind of where I am with it. I mean, who knows? Maybe if she's asked for more early, it, it's a different story. Maybe the experience, she comes forward but more of a defensive use to me. This seems like a race that something something wild could happen. One Little interesting idea, maybe, is uh, number five, Royal Poppy from mm-hmm. Ray Handel. I, I, I like Ray as a trainer a lot. I'm not just saying that because he's you know one of the main trainers for for a client of ours mm-hmm. in Adelphi Racing. But I, I just I like the I, I like as he's gotten better stock the the speed that he seems to be able to enhance with his runners. This one has a couple of nice looking workouts. And it just, it seems like, I, I like the classic Empire's first time out, just seems like one that might be worth a little bit of a inclusion at a uh, at, at what I'm guessing is going to be a p- pretty big uh, pretty big price here. Can you see Royal Poppy at all in the spot? Yeah, it, it's certainly possible. And this is, you know, unless there's a major serious positive workout report on her, this is one you'll, you'll get plenty of plenty of a price on. So wouldn't fault anyone for, for trying to back her. One other Philly, Take Charge Brianna. Um, for, for D Wayne, um, Philly out of, uh, take charge Teresa. She's related to some, some decent horses. Um, I know they like this Philly and, uh, 
she was pretty green first time out. Uh, didn't break too well, and then just sort of was in chase mode after that. I would expect her to improve second time out. Interesting, interesting angle there has worked well apparently since that run. And sometimes you can say it's funny. This is one of those things I could talk out of both sides of my mouth about. I love to see a first time starter who gets bet and doesn't break because I feel like sometimes the betting money is a proxy for the idea that they have early speed. And then with a quick clean getaway, they can do a lot better second time out. But by the, by sort of the opposite token, when a horse like take charge, Brianna doesn't take money first time out. You can also say, well, you know, little was expected, probably needed the run. When I see that combined with, uh, with some, some works, uh, that looks strong afterwards. The the idea that that she could take a step forward. I mean, certainly a a, a really nice pedigree yeah. on her. I wonder. Do you? Th- I mean, not impossible that ultimately she's going to need a little bit more ground to to succeed, but maybe one to keep on side anyway. Agreed. No, agreed. Um, she's she's probably will ultimately be better stretching out, but um, it, it wouldn't take much for her to uh, end up in some big races in D Wayne's barn. Uh, spring or something like that so maybe just want to keep an eye on i'm excited to check it out let's move out to the west coast where we've got some grade three stakes action for two-year-olds in the form of the best pal and a a, a big assortment here turning up with a field of 11 signed on um we've got a morning line favorite in number 10 having a meltdown this horse that uh that that won rather easily on debut do you like the favorite in this spot? Do you think there's a, a better alternative? I thought he he was quite impressive first thing out. Pete, he was fast, and he he uh, he the race was never, really never in doubt. Um, he'd be a, what looks to be an okay field. You know, the horse still finished second for for Peter Miller came back and won um, as well. So you know, he's a deserved favorite. There is one thing I will say is though um, he's drawn ten. There's eleven horses in the race. The eleven uh, kangaroo court is a horse that should. Big, big speed as well, first time out. So I don't think he'll have the, our favorite having a meltdown. We'll have any easy lead on the front end. Um, you know, another horse to highlight is Armand, uh, the Bolt Doro Colt, who won uh, first time out at Churchill uh, for Kaleem Shaw and now ships out uh, to Simon Callahan's base for this race. Um, he's a horse that you know, beat a decent field first time out at Churchill. Um, you know, it was very professional doing so. So would expect him to figure as well. What did, what did you see? I, in these spots, what I like to be able to do is find a horse not necessarily to win, but when you've got all these fast two-year-olds who all have a similar running style, find a horse who can pass horses mm-hmm. that you can then maybe key. Maybe they're not going to be fast enough. Maybe something's going to freak on the front end, but maybe you have an opportunity to, uh, to, to get a horse who's very likely to be in the number. Now, the problem is the horse that I'm thinking of trying to use this strategy with just might not be fast enough. That's number five agency, mm-hmm. but at a very big price, I like the ability to, I like the ability shown to to pass horses when it looks like a lot of them might be able to go. I wish, I wish the figure was a little bit better from that debut and four have come back to run from that race and none have won. So I'm going to need a price to mess around with agency underneath, but it's just a strategy I like to take a look at in these races and one of those situations where you can get a slower horse to beat the faster horses from a figure point of view it feels like the the 10 is the one that i will be having most of my horizontal play in this sequence through you make a good point kangaroo court isn't going to make it easy i I would assume they're going to try cedio is going to just try to clear from out there and then 
having a meltdown is going to have to answer the question. Can they just sort of let that one go and, and flop outside? But for me, two sort of automatic angles in, in two-year-old races. I mean, the clock, obviously. I'm a bit of a slave to the clock mm-hmm. in these spots. And then also the form angle that you mentioned with Mr. Iceman coming back coming back to win. I love to see, I love to see these races validated by horses coming back and not just winning, but also what they do with their figures. Now, Mr. Iceman's the only horse to come back and run out of that race, but did improve the buyer from a 74 to a 77. So I, I'm guessing having a meltdown is going to be pretty tough to beat in here. And maybe I'll try to mess around with getting agency second, third, or fourth, um, feathering in some of the other logical looking ones. That might be my approach in the best pal. What, what else do you have on this one? No, that, that approach makes sense to me. Um, there's a there's a fit, quite a few question marks behind the, the two favorites. Um, and like you said, agency might be a, a good one to try, especially underneath. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else, much other form to go on. Um, but this this could be a race that, you know, you have 11 two-year-olds entered. It could be a race where there could be a scratch or two. So maybe that, um, you know, changes changes some of the uh, pace dynamics and things like that. Yeah, I think the the ones that the ones that we've covered seem like the main ones. Always interesting to see a first time starter end up in uh, in the, in a race like this. Yeah, and there, the, there was an interesting one. The hottest trainer in California. Um, exactly, and a jockey who I never mind having on side. We're talking about number three, Fleet Feet. That's going to be fun for uh, Trevor to, to, to say <laughs> five times fast. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a little crazy, but I I would have my. This is one I wouldn't mind. I'm not seeing anything, you know, wildly suggestive about the works, but these races can be chaotic. I, I would I would not rule this horse out, and I would have in my mix of horses to feather in with the ones we, we talked about before. Right. Um, because Nyquist are good first out as well. So th- th- there's a few few interesting angles there with that horse, I thought. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, like, like we said earlier, if it, it does set up for someone from off the pace, I mean, this could be a horse that maybe runs on at the end. Um, you know, there, I'm sure uh, people could use a, a clock report or the, the board to, to sort of uh, dictate how this horse is going to run. Because, um, you know, if, if he's, if he, especially if he's under his morning line of 15 to 1, then uh, you might want to take a look. That's a good point. That, that can be a, a, a great, we talked about uh, being bet first out, being a proxy for early speed. When they get, when you've got a morning line that you trust, and horses in these races open up under it even a little, that's just a proxy for you didn't need to run into the connections at the bar to tell you the horse was going to run well right. or be fast. And you could just you see it in the yeah. data. And Pete, as you know, uh, these two-year-olds are at Del Mar, Saratoga. Everyone likes their horse. <laughs> exactly. It's easy. It's easy to get some very soft information that doesn't necessarily equate to signal. But I always like to hear it. I always no, like I to know. Yep. It, it, and then over time, you become you, you sort of have to handicap the source. And, and you'll know some sources you don't even need to hear because they always like it or ones that are actually objective and can give you a fair assessment of what's uh, of what's going to be going down. Well, we're running out of time, my friend. Anything else you want to cover on on here or any uh messaging from Gainesway before we before we send it home? No, I think uh, I think we're all we're all set. Uh, some exciting 2-year-old stuff this weekend. Uh, we're really get heating up uh heating up on that sort of side of things and uh you know the the uh, hopeful and uh Delmar Futurity has been away. Uh, debutante, they'll all, they'll all be uh, right around the corner. So uh, we're, we're we'll all covering right. it all. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll be doing it all here on uh, Baby Talk on the In the Money Media Network. If if the two year old programs at both places continue to be this robust, maybe we'll maybe we'll mix in. Last year we did a Sunday show basically every every Sunday at Saratoga. I hadn't really felt last weekend we could have, but the previous weekends not so much. We'll just see. We'll let the racing calendar tell us. We'll we'll bring you what we think the interesting races are and hopefully people will enjoy hearing about these pedigrees hearing our approaches to betting these races and the fun array of characters we've had on these shows including uh, ben gowans who joined us today thank you so much for uh, for your input and we'll be talking soon sounds good pete have a good day that's gonna do it for this edition of the show we'll thank ben one more time we'll thank our sponsors over at gainsway farm this show's been a production of in the money media our business manager is drew Cotney. our chief creative officer is jonathan kinchin I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.